Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. these things want and why are they here you still don't get it do you boy? they have recruited the rich and the powerful they're running the whole show wake up they're all about you all around you um, hello and welcome to Smirch Pod 3 the podcast that relights the fire of 80s action movies and celebrates the decade where the explosion was king boy he was <laughs> i'm saying it's a he because I'm, I'm thinking women wouldn't explode as much as men um Although I, I'm never, I don't know. I don't necessarily know. We even need to gender explosions. Do you not think? No. But then I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a man of my generation. Well, you are a stick in the mud. Yeah. Uh, but this week we'll be talking about a drifter who discovers a pair of sunglasses that allow him to wake up to the fact that aliens have taken over the Earth. No, it's not David Icke the movie. It's John Carpenter's They Live. And joining me to chew some bubblegum is comedian John Luke Roberts, who can be found on Twitter as at JLukeRoberts. A very good welcome to you. Thank you. you I gave you a, a blank canvas, as yes. it were, and you came back pretty quickly. Yeah. with said, what about They Live? Yeah, what about They Live? Mm. Well, I, I realised I'm, I'm not really... Um, the 80s movies I know very well are generally... The comedies and the sort of action comedies, I guess. Yeah. The kind of uh, fantasy or super, you know, like I suppose Ghostbusters or uh, um, uh, Batman, things like that. Yeah. Silly. Not you wouldn't call them kind of classic straight down the line action movies. Uh, Midnight Express. Midnight Express. Well, uh, that's a. I had no idea what that is. It's a horrible film about a Turkish prison. Well, that's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of a light eighties movie. Oh, I see. And you went for a heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the but they live seem to be. I think enough of an action movie to go. Oh, I could talk about that because hmm. I love it and it's awful. Yeah, it's wonderful and it's yeah. terrible. Yes, all of the above. Yeah. Hmm. Where do we start? At the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. So well, there's a character called John Nada, whose name I think is never referenced in the actual film. No. But where did Where did you pick that up from? Does he say it at one point? It's, no, it's written on the back of the Blu-ray. Oh, that I have. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't pick up his name at all. No, nobody, nobody calls him his name. And the fact he finds this pair of glasses, mm. which is, of course, the main plot point, but yes. it happens halfway through. Yeah, if that. Yeah. Um, I mean, more than that, yeah. The, oh, I don't, yeah, I can just, I basically would just rant about it, but I think I could cover it all in five minutes. So yeah. I, I mustn't run onto that. I think the main problem is the film could have been a 10 minute film. Oh, easily. Yeah. Could have been a short student film. Yeah, and if you cut out the fist fight that happens halfway through, <laughs> good god! I, it was quite funny actually. I'm not sure. It's, and that, I can't work out if it's being played to be comic because every time you think it's finished, it starts up again until the point when you go, "Oh well, this is definitely it," and then it starts up again. And they're two friends punching each other. Well, he's Maybe. trying to get him to put on the glasses. Yeah, put on the glasses. I won't put on the glasses. It's like when Don't you've... wake me up. Don't wake me up. When you've gone to Specsavers. Yeah. And they say, would you like to try on your other pair? <laughs> and you say, it. no, thank you. Yeah, that's and it. And they start beating you up. Yeah. 
for, for 17 minutes. Getting rowdy Roddy Doyle, the 80s wrestler. Well, they wanted to obviously give him space to show that he's a wrestler. So they got him punching. Well, they got him a bit. If you notice the bit where he, he meets the policeman, he, he sort of tombstones one of them, doesn't he, or whatever it's called. Yes. I'm not a wrestling bloke. No, nor, nor am I. There's also odd, like he... He's a construction worker. Yeah. That's all we really know about him. But this seems to have given him quite a lot of skills in punching and then later uh, guns. Is he a construction worker, though? Because well, did you notice what his job was on the construction site? Um, doing things topless? Yeah, he's topless and he's basically like digging a hole. Well, that's... Con- I mean, he's Is got the- his own tools. <laughs> <laughs> What have you got? I've got a shovel. Well, could you just dig a hole? Well, I mean, the, that, to be fair, that does happen on construction sites. Manually, though? Well, uh, the, if you back then, maybe. I don't know. He was I mean, surrounded in diggers that were doing nothing. Oh, I didn't spot the diggers. So you see, you do not observe. No, that's... You would be terrible. Uh, like, I'm asleep, basically. You are asleep. You need to be part of the Matrix, but obviously this is before... It's before the Matrix. I want to talk about the... Um, the, the alien, once you put on the glasses, yes. I don't understand what it's all for. Mm-hmm. Because all the signs say things like... Um, I don't know how the movie could explain more slowly yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. well, the signs say obey, marry and reproduce, yes. no independent thought, consume, yeah. watch TV, no ideas, um, which I've noted is obviously something you see on the walls at the BBC these days. Yeah. <laughs> Satire. Not lovely. Um, I don't know who that's for, because obviously the aliens are saying that, but only the aliens can see that. Oh, well, uh, it's, but it's just sub- it's subliminal, isn't it? It's preaching to the converted, though. But you know, but you're, you are seeing this, it's just you're unconscious of seeing it, and only the glasses can reveal what you're seeing. Oh, so they're, they're saying what's, that's what the adverts really say? Yes. Oh, because the magazines are shit. Did you see that? They're very He's bad, flicking yes. through the magazine, it's just saying, yeah. that don't have sex. Or, yeah, no, do have sex. Mundanity's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, why bother? It's like flicking through garden as well. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. ah, go on, do what you're told. You wouldn't get one of those. Right. There's a new magazine launched. Uh, it's like called Murder Monthly or something, and it's got Levi Belfield on the cover. And I just thought that's a lovely thing to see on a newsstand. I don't know who Levi Belfield is. He's a horrible serial killer. I think what we're finding is we have none of the same cultural references. You didn't know about Midnight Express. I didn't know about Midnight It's showing that I I dwell in the gutter, (laughs) whereas you aspire to the stars. You float through the air like a beautiful pony. Thank you. Welcome. I might actually, I might put that on a poster. (laughs) You should change that to your Twitter bio. Beautiful pony. Do we need to, do we need to, I feel like we may have baffled anyone just starting to listen to this. Oh, yeah. Well, because we, do we not need a plan? (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Well, 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 yeah. Basically, uh, Roddy, Roddy Pipe, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper. I think he's dropped the Rowdy. He did for the credits, but not on the back of the Blu-ray. No. They stuck it back in. And they his thought, name. And his name. Mm. And they also mentioned that he's come... This is brilliant. I don't think that whoever's written the Blu-ray has done it very well. No. Because it also says, he's here to chew gum and kick ass. That's it's not, not what he says. It's not what he, he says. He says, I've come here to chew bubble gum and kick... This is the other thing. Suddenly, he's wise cracky man. He doesn't deliver them well, no. but throughout the movie, and he's got the like, oh, life's a bitch and she's in heat, yeah. things like that. But he doesn't say it like that. It's life's a bitch and she's in heat. Yeah, but no, I mean, if, he's not in that accent, but it might as well be life's a bitch and she's in heat. I would, I've come to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. I'd pay good money to have you dub him. I think actually, I quite like the idea of doing a whole thing like that. Could you? Yeah. They also the first third of the movie. So it turns up the first off, you think a walls the. Uh, <laughs> You think there's a wall as the protagonist. 
It's yeah. just where the camera's pointed. Yes. Then a train goes past. You think, oh, maybe it's the train. Yes. It's not. No. Behind the train, wrestler. Uh, and the wrestler's uh, the protagonist. He goes around for the first third of the movie telling everybody what his personality is so that no subtext needs to be used while everyone else tells them what their personality is. Mm. Then he finds some glasses. Then his personality turns out to be completely different than the one he was saying, which is basically, I work hard and, you know, I believe in America. Oh, he, he's got his eyes opened. Yeah. Uh, it's like he's an InfoWars subscriber. It re- I mean, it does It does feel rather incelly, mm. especially the, uh, the, the, the the big long fist fight seems to be a, the radicalization of uh, one young man by uh, another incel. Because you wouldn't get, like, two feminists, for example... Uh, having a fight for 15 minutes, would you? About, well, it depends on the, of course, it, the, it it would be absolutely their right to do it. Oh, that's, no, I'm saying if you're an incel, this is what you'd think. Yes. Yeah. You'd yeah, say you'd it. want two red-blooded, mm-hmm. steak-eating, mm-hmm. duck-shooting, <laughs> dog-screwing yeah. men. Yeah, who have very, so basically, the clash of ideologies, one of them, wait, no, hang on, I've just realised, because at the beginning... Rowdy Roddy Doyle tells his friend... Not, 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 not Doyle. No, is it not Doyle? No, that, he's an author. <laughs> That's good. Rowdy Roddy Doyle. I prefer uh, we'll, it. Yeah, he's... Rowdy Roddy Doyle, yeah. as he is now called. Yes. Um, meets his friend. He follows him, because his friend says, do you want to come and stay with me? And he, he says, nothing. Very rude. Mm. Then he follows the friend. Then friend says, look, why I asked you, and you... And he says, well, I want to know where you're going before I join you. Yeah. And the friend goes... Ah, as if he thinks that's a, a good way of living. Then they have this big argument when the friend is banging on about how it's not fair and all the jobs have gone and they need to do something soon about it. And Rowdy Roger Dawes going, no, 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 just, uh, just you know, just toe the line and everything will come up all right if you work hard. Then, half an hour later... He, Rowdy Roddy Doyle, mm. is gone nuts and hitting him in the face and going, no, 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 put the glasses on. You need to see this so we can change the world. And the friend who was all about changing the world is there going, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't want to get my family into this. Yeah. Well, it's, there's no, it's character arc with no intervening bits. Also, yeah, to go along with your point, Rowdy Roddy Doyle mm-hmm. is very much like, I believe in America, keep your head down, mm-hmm. do your job. Yeah. Five minutes later, he's sneaking around in a church looking at stuff. Yeah. None of your business, mate. Absolutely no. He breaks a wall open to get at a cardboard box. He does. And then he doesn't open the box. No. And then he hides. So the box is full, obviously, of the magic glasses, which mm. let you see all the aliens and stuff. And that's, I think, the best thing about the film. Those visuals are fantastic. Like, they're really iconic. Like Absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. If the whole movie was as good as those visuals, it'd be a very good movie. Yeah. It's not. No. Um, then, once he's got the glasses, and we're like, oh, they do this, he decides he's going to hide them to find later... In a bin. Mm-hmm. In a bin. And this is a plot point later. You think, well, obviously no one's going to clear that bin up because that would be a terrible plot point. Why but, would someone clear out a bin? Yeah, he comes back to find they're clearing out the lemon bin. Unbelievable. And he has to climb into the trash truck to get out the um, the garbage truck. What do you call them over there? A garbage truck. A garbage truck. Yeah. Um, he climbs up. Oh, no, well, you've got to go in the bin now to get these out of here and put them on. Oh, what have I done? Oh, you've been, you've been silly. Although he doesn't seem to have much introspection. Um, no. But he's, he's, uh, he has an, it's, and then, it's all very odd. I I think you could build a proper hour and a half, three act movie from the material available, reasonably, sort of, easily. Yeah. But something's gone wrong with the screenplay. It's so slow. It's so, there's so many, like, lingering, but they're not lingering beautiful shots. No. Just lingering, nothing's still happening. 
Why mm-hmm. is nothing still happening? These aliens also seem to be very, very dim. They're terrible at finding people who are, are pretty obviously trying to subvert them. Yes. So, I mean, in a way, and then they can, and then you just turn off the TV. Although we do know now, there is a mystery solvedness. We do know now what George R. R. Martin has been doing this whole time. What's he been doing? Well, oh, he's, he's in it, isn't he? Yeah. He looks, the man who's in the TV looks very much like him. He does. He Just does. write your book, mate. Just write. finish it. Stop wasting your time with all this. That's a decent man. I mean, why don't they, there's this, at the beginning, it's, oh, we can't break through their signal. So why don't we send the glasses out? And then there's one man there. And it's all men. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really entirely sure. You see a one why. woman later. Yes, but then, but she's. Oh, you, I guess you see there's sort of two later. One is doing the tea and stamping people in. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the other one who, in a bit of plot, I, I, I don't really want to call it intrigue. Well, basically, Roddy, Do- Roddy, Rowdy, Roddy Doyle, Doyle yeah. kidnaps a woman. Meg Foster. Is it? Evelyn from Masters of the Universe. Really? Yeah, the movie. Oh, uh, not the real ones. Not the real one. <laughs> not the real one. <clears throat> um, Kidnaps her. I mean, acts really very, very badly. Terrifies her. Doesn't at any point try and calm her down and say, sorry about this. There is a reason that I'm, I'm breaking your house. Uh, I'm not about to attack he you. He does say he's tired. Yeah, that's not Which really... is fair enough. I don't know. But you can also, like any any sort of, um, you know, you can imagine the villain in, uh, um, uh, well, I guess the only thing I can think of is Science of the Lamb saying, I'm tired. <laughs> and go, oh, God, that's scary saying I'm tired. Scary, isn't it? But apparently it's not meant to be scary. And then she gives nothing away, nothing away. Then she turns out to be part of the uh, revolution. And then, plot twist, she's not. No, she's working with the aliens. Yes, and which you could probably presume earlier when she said, I work in TV. Yeah. Because of the... the uh, cable 54. Cable 54. <laughs> yep. Um, but it, it is played like it's a twist because it's five minutes from the end. But the way it comes out is very disappointing as twists go. Yeah. I mean, it's telegraphed, mm-hmm. which is quite ironic, considering they're trying to stop a signal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the aliens look good, though. The aliens look great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would watch it again. Well, the thing is, I, it took me, for this rewatch, it took me two goes. Mm. <laughs> I had to stop halfway through and go, okay. And I stopped just before the fist fight, which was lucky, because that's another... It's 15 minutes or something. It goes on forever. I mean, every time you think, oh, good, it stopped, they yeah. start again. Yeah. Like we just have talked talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, it, you have to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I know we've done it twice now, but I'm not going to let us well, do it three thing, times. So for a, for a film which is very high concept, sort of smart in a conspiracy theory type way, like it's a good idea, quite a sophisticated idea. Yeah. It's so like unreconstituted, thumpy, thumpy, bash, bash, bash. You know, yeah. you know, wrestler doesn't really act in this; just walks around quite slowly. Everyone else, sort of similar. I, it, yeah. Do you think there's a little um, nudge to Scientology in this? Well, oh, well, you. I mean, you, I mean, this seems to be like very successful Scientology. Yeah, because there's a bit at the end when they go into the underground facility. Yes, and they walk in, and this, it's like a, it's like a ballroom yeah. where, they're, where they're having this kind of, um, well done, you're the greatest citizen this month, you win a ham or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that guy who was a tramp is suddenly like this rich man. Yes, I was trying to. I was thinking, oh, I've seen him earlier. I need to rewatch again. Which one was he? He was the one in the, who was a tramp, mm. um, who was sitting in a sofa and kind of. He played. He used to play a tramp all the time. He was the tramp in Back to the Future. Oh. 
I think he made a living out of playing tramps. Which is generally looking at a, something weird happens. You look at the bottle of alcohol in one hand yeah. and the sandwich in the other, and you throw the sandwich away. Yeah, yeah, I like. I'm that. pretty sure he actually does that in Back to the Future. I think it probably, yeah. Well, it's um, a classic. There's a great take on it in um, Frog Princess, the Disney one, when they um, uh, there's a, somebody in an octopus costume at a fancy dress party uh-huh. with eight glasses of champagne. Uh-huh. Something weird happens. Looks at the chef, pours all of them out. It's, it's great. That's good. It's a good new take on it. The the classic of the genre, of course, is the guy who does it three times in the Bond films. Different Bond films? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he does it in The Spy Who Loved Me when the car comes out of the water. Right. Uh, he does it in Moonraker when he sees the hover gondola go through the square. Oh. And he does it in Furies only when Bond skis over his lunch. Lovely. Yeah. Is it the same shot? No, it's just the same, oh, that's the same actor. It would have been just wonderful if it had been each time it cut back to... Seaside. <laughs> it wouldn't have surprised me <laughs> during that period upon. Um, but no, it, it makes me think of Scientology because you've got this aliens mm-hmm. being responsible for people becoming financially successful. 39% more a year. Yeah. And this is a, what a lot of people are, you know, saying about yeah. Scientology, that it's could, a- aliens. Aliens. And once you get, once you know enough about it, you've bought in enough to know that you're not meant to tell people. Yeah. So you go, no, it's not aliens. I thought you boys understood. It's business. That, that's all it is. You still don't get it, do you, boys? There ain't no countries anymore. No more good guys. They're running the whole show. They own everything, the whole goddamn planet. They can do whatever they want. What's wrong with having it good for a change? Now, they're going to let us have it good if we just help them. Exactly. But Scientology was probably coming quite to prominence more in the late 80s than... Previously. Because I think it had been around since the 60s or 70s anyway. Well, it was, yes. Because um, it was invented by L. Ron Hubbard. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, good. Yeah. And? He and was a famous author. Ta- tax evader. Tax evading author. Yes. Who wrote Battlefield Earth. Mm-hmm. The wonderful film mm-hmm. was made about that. Who's your most disappointing Scientologist? The person that when you find out they're Scientologist, like, oh. Oh, the one that springs to mind every time is Jason Lee. Jason Lee? Yeah. Who's Jason Lee? He was My Name Is Earl. Oh, yes. Mine's Beck. I was going... Oh, Beck. yeah, I was going to say oh, Beck, yeah. Do we leave this in or does it get us um, tracked? Ah, it might get us tracked. Ooh. That might be good for you, though. They might approach you after a gig and say, hey, John. Well, I will say this. I am susceptible. Hmm. I am susceptible. I just heard your... La- we just measured your laughs on our trigonometry. <laughs> yeah. And it's scoring higher than um, Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> so maybe you'd like to join our right. facility. I don't know how they talk. Please Did you say we're... on our trigonometry? A trigonometry. I don't know what that is. I was trying to think of an alien meter. We've just name. measured your laughs on our geographer. <laughs> Hello. What do you say, geographer? I'd like that. If you just went in, instead of holding two little metal tubes, you held two fingers. Yep. Of a, like a, a Tweedy uh, professor. Yes. I like that. We need more professors, not less. Yeah. It's like when the election's not going very well and they wheel out that John Custis man. What? You know John Custis? I don't remember. He's like an election expert. Oh, does he? T- he He's pop- kind of like the groundhog. He only comes out when there's an election. <laughs> right. And he, if if he says yes or no, we're going to get more years of Tory winter. Ah. Um, but yeah, we need more scientists and professors, yeah. not less. So take note, society. But also, society, we need more artists and dancers. Yeah. 
good point. Sorry about that. I oh, forgot about that. So well, just like more of both. We need a balance. We need a balance. Yes. We need we need half of one and half of the other, mm-hmm. and in the middle, everybody having a nice time. Yeah, isn't that nice? That'd be nice. You don't get that, and they live. You don't get that, and they live. You get you get those who have have it. Yeah. Those who don't don't. But there are. But you can get it if you're willing to play along. Yeah. But, it, you know, these people, they've invented these sunglasses where you can see the truth. Mm-hmm. And later on, they've adapted them into contact lenses. Yes, to make the continuity of the filming of the last uh, sixth of the movie easier, I think. <laughs> also, because the sunglasses apparently would give you major headaches. But they've worked it out on the contact lenses so that they don't. They don't. And uh, <laughs> it saves a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Also, did you notice that after the fight, which we said we weren't going to talk about again, yeah, oh when God, they check fight. into that hotel in a non-homosexual way, by the way, we have to point that out. I, but it is desperately homoerotic. Very much Every so. Every shot of the two of them, look at that. I, I, on, I, I sort of hope if it was made nowadays, they'd go the whole hog mm. because it's a bit, um, I mean, they're very, I, they're in love. Mm, I wish I knew how to quit you. That's it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But when they, they check into the hotel after their fight, they've got puffy eyes, Mm. You know, like swollen faces. Mm. They have a shower mm. and then they're fine. They haven't got swollen eyes and puffy faces anymore. Well, maybe it was, what it probably was, was flesh-coloured dirt. Do you think? Which had got trapped on their face to, as if it were puffy, but actually it was just from the bins and stuff they were fighting around. Mm. A lot of fighting near bins. They did fight a lot near bins. <sighs> but there's some good lines in this. There are good lines. I was on that fight front. Yes, we did say we weren't going to talk about it again. I think, but no, but surely we've got to just keep coming back to it. Yeah. Just as, yeah. Um, when it played originally yeah. in the cinemas, was that, were people like, jump on it? There must have been, right? Yeah, well, yeah this, the is, this is the height of WWF. Yeah. And it was, it was huge. It was, you know, even I liked it. And I'm an idiot. Well, I'm. Anyway, uh, the what's good? The line's good. Yes. Yeah. Well, the because 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 Rowdy Roddy Doyle yes is a wrestler or was a wrestler because sadly he's dead now. Is he? Yeah. Did he have another any more? Was his film career successful? Yeah, he did. He did, wasn't hugely successful. He did a few films. He did this and he did a film called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh no! Yes. Really? Yes. Was that where was that set? In a dystopian future run okay. by frogs. Really? Yeah. I thought it was going to be something really, really sort of xenophobic and anti-French. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. no. These are Classier like than that. alien frog people right. who rule the world, like Planet of the Apes. Or they live. <laughs> or they live. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. All right, so they're alien frogs, and he, one man with no particular skills um, or drive, yeah. sorts it out. Sorts it out, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it for a long time, so I'm probably doing it a disservice. But... Okay. I can't remember many other films he did. Okay. But this was his, certainly his biggest biggest one. Yeah. So in terms of wrestling movies, mm-hmm. he was probably as probably more successful than Hulk Hogan because this film's still why it's one it's not a brilliant film, it's still beloved. It's a classic. It is a classic, I think. Um It's probably one of John Carpenter's last good films. And he and this is when he's his music is slowly getting bad as well. Because his his early music films had good music, and he did them all. I can't remember quite. I, I'm right. I don't know off by heart the music this film. Yeah. But I would like to present what I think it sounds like if I can. Yeah. Boom. Down. Boom. Down. 
I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. And there's also a bit of um, keyboard harmonica. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bum. Bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that's it. basically it. Yeah. But, but his, his thing, he's like the Dennis Waterman of movies. Yes. Because he um, does the f- music as well, yeah. as well, as well as everything else. And he, they used to be stand out. They used to be really good. Mm. But I think he's getting to this stage where he just can't be asked anymore. Mm. And maybe he's he's had to sell most of the keys on the piano. Yeah. Oh, I've only got three keys left. How am I gonna? Oh no, I'll get through it. I'll get through. Well, luckily it's a synthesizer, so I have many more sounds uh, to yeah. use with the three keys. That could be the same notes, just different noises. This yeah. one will say hello, hello, <laughs> hello, and this one is hello. D- is dogs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I really want to see this film. <laughs> Just rescore. <laughs> yeah, you need to redub him and then rescore it with hello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, so what, what are the his occasional? Good, what, oh yeah. What are his good lines? He's got one of the all-time classics. Yes. I want to. Uh, I, I um, came here to chew bubble gum and and uh, kick, ass. kick ass. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Oh. Which I was amazed to discover is originated in this film. Yes. Um, I would like to know whether that is something John Carpenter wrote or if that's something Roger Doyle coming from a wrestling background where you have to have catchphrases. Ah, yeah. I'm wondering if it's an old wrestling term or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that's possible. Yes. There's the and then what are the other ones? There's the Life's a Bitch and She's in Heat. Yeah, you get the um, You're Okay. This one. Real fucking ugly. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that. yeah, that's when he's suddenly really rude to people because yeah. they look like skeletons. This is what's happened to Ricky Gervais. Right. He's yeah. put on those sunglasses. Yes. And he's realised the whole world's completely pointless. The problem so is... it's just horrible to everybody. I'm not going down any, any form of reasoning which says that Ricky Gervais is a great truth teller or <laughs> spotter of the real way things are. Ricky Gervais is a normal... Like man in his fifties who's saying all the normal things that white men in their fifties say, but he's in seen exactly the same ways, just in front of thousands of people. You would say that, but you're not awake. You're ah, not. You're not. That's you're, true. you're still asleep. I'm still asleep. You yeah. haven't seen what he's seen. I'm slope, as they say nowadays. <laughs> you're either woke or you're slope, and I'm sloping. You're sloping. You're like a fucking ski Sunday. You are. Yeah. Think You've got I'm... people going up and down your chute. Yep. <laughs> I can't. And then, yeah, they're getting on the little little thing to get carried up the slope and That's dropped right down the slope again. Yeah, and all you're doing is snoring. All and you know what? You're not even noticing. The sun's coming out. <laughs> the thaw's coming. The thaw's coming. Not John Thor. He's dead. Not John Thor. He's dead. And then I'll just all I'll be is a all I'll be is a shallow incline with no with no snow to entertain. That's how slope I am. Well, I'm, I'm pleased that you you're, you're recognising that because Good. you're not like Ricky Gervais. Thank you. He's, he's he's awake. He's, he's woke. A, he's aware. He's uh, yes. He's seen the alien faces. Have you? <laughs> yes, but I've decided. To, why not be nice? <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Me too. Yeah. I, I'd rather get on with them. I'd rather get on with them. They seem to like look after their friends. They're going to give me money. That's what the point. Actually, why don't they just let everyone know and then say, "But you know, we'll help out." Yeah, oh. I would. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a secret halved is a secret. 
shared? Doubled. No, the other way around, isn't it? A secret kept is a secret doubled. Yeah, but a secret shared... No, a problem shared is a problem solved. Yeah, but you could change problem for secret, and then it works better in my favour. A problem favor. swapped is a problem uh, replaced. Yes. So all you do is you, you take over and you say to everybody, look, maybe send them all an email. Mm-hmm. Look, um, I don't think they have that technology, weirdly. Fucking aliens. They can teleport. No, they've not got emails. <laughs> fax, then. Okay, fax. Gave everyone a fax machine. Get them on side. Mm-hmm. Hey, cool, we've got a fax machine. Yeah, yeah. First fax you get, look, sorry, we couldn't tell you to your faces, but here's a fax. Mm. We're taking over. Um, go along with us and we'll put 10 grand in your bank account every month. Mm. You know, fight us, we'll kill you. Yeah. Or we'll move you to some sort of uh, reprogramming centre. If, if they were to introduce a citizen's wage mm-hmm. and just... Uh, properly redistribute. Well, it's basically they'd have to have a different ideology, wouldn't they? But it would, would, uh... would they? Though? Well, all, all they seem to want is an easy life. Yeah. So why fuck that up? Yeah. Fucking exactly. Roddy Doyle, the dickhead. This is what Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Doyle should have nipped in, and instead of just blowing up the TV, yeah, just, like pitched it to them. Exactly. <laughs> Elevator pitch. That's it. Get it done in twenty seconds. They, what they should have done with this film, really, instead of uh, killing Rowdy Roddy Doyle at the end, they should have um, set him up to be a crank. Oh, yeah. Framed oh, him as a crank. Yeah, so, I mean, yes, that's a nice so everything he says, no one believes. Yes. That would have been a much more poetic ending. And well, Or even beginning of third act, because yeah. it sort of needs one. It certainly does, because yeah. they literally fall through a hole in the floor into the third act. Yes. They're at that meeting where they get their contact lenses and it yeah. turns out Meg Foster's... A, oh, no, we don't know that. We yet. don't know, no. Um, but oh, yeah, there's this great bit where he's about to shoot an alien earlier and the alien's like, ha-ha, see you later, and he presses his watch. Oh, yes. And he teleports. Yeah. Um, so they manage to get one of these teleporting watches. From um, the tramp. From the, now very... Uh, no, from the black guy at the meeting. Oh, okay. He's like, ah, we, we got these watches oh, but we don't know how to then. work them. Right, ah, Okay. Um, so the, the the baddies, the aliens arrived to take, to kill everyone in the meeting. And Rowdy, Roddy Doyle, and Keith David, who's brilliant, by the way. Mm. We should talk about that. Yeah. He's very good. He's always very good in things. What has he been in? He was in The Thing. Ah, right. Yeah, he's, he's in a few John Carpenter things. He voices the president in Rick and Morty. Does he? Yeah. Oh. He does a lot of stuff. Anyway, so they go out into the alleyway and they can't There's, make... There the... are some things when he seems to be like really heavily... like. Outacting, he's the best Rowdy thing in Rowdy this Doyle, by a million miles. But outacting yeah. him in a way as if he's trying to show him how to do it. Mm. He's like, "Come on, this is do this." <laughs> so they throw the watch down on the floor, and right. a hole opens, and they jump through it into the third act. Completely, I must have looked away from the TV like three times when that happened. Yeah, and it's just like that's not how scripts work. <laughs> it's you don't just find a hole and jump in it. It's like Jamie and the Magic Torch. <laughs> Or Mary Poppins. Or Mary Poppins. You do a wink, a double blink, you jump in. Aliens. <laughs> oh, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? If but that not the... you too. <laughs> they, all, they all jump through that picture and then they end up in, in the under layer, under, under, underground base but with a space uh, transporter. Yes. Which, which uses gravity to shoot you at a planet. Yep. How, how's that going to work at the other end? Well, it's really messy there. Is it just the thousands of dead guys and trees? Well, maybe just big mattresses? Ooh, that's a, yeah. That's a possibility. Or nets. Maybe that's why they're putting nets all over the trees here. But they don't seem to leave... T- you know when you go on a water flume? 
Yeah. And you've got to, like, it'll give you a little light to let you know when they've got out the splash pool at the other end. Yes, you're right. There's not enough time for the person who's landed in that net to go, right, I'll get out of the way. Definitely Or someone not. else has just shot into them from the under underground lair. Oh, the mess. That's like, like a Picasso painting. Yes. <laughs> Hello, I'm John Holmes, and yes, the last thing you need is another podcast that takes apart a television show and hacks through it like a cough going through a pensioner. Except wait, because this is the The One Show show in which myself and my guests force ourselves to watch a week's worth of TV's The One Show and then analyse it all in far too much detail. It sounds like a terrible idea, and it is for us. But for you, it's entertainment gold that's all over a programme you yourself have no intention of ever watching. The The One Show show every Tuesday and Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What were you talking about earlier? Oh, wait, no, it's not, it was an anti- this is a this is not anti macassas Yeah, this, yeah, this, this needs context. And the context is that I I thought that anti macassar was pronounced anti macassar and it's not. I still don't know what it is. It's the you put on a chair and it stops you getting um, oil on your seat, like soul glow. What have you seen coming? You you don't know any references. Well, not, none kind of, of your references. What I kind know. of a comedian are you? <laughs> you don't know any references in culture. May I suggest? <laughs> <laughs> May I suggest I'm younger than you think. How old are you? 33. Yes, you are younger than I think. There you go. You did a whole routine about the Spice Girls, for goodness sake. Well, they, they were in the early 90s, and they're still around now. Well, they're old. Well, but comparatively. You've, you've not seen Coming to America, no? I've seen Coming to America. You've seen the bit where they're all wearing soul glow, and when they get up off the sofa, they leave a wet patch. Oh, well, I guess so, but I've forgotten it. So you're never going to make it in this business, I'll tell you that now. Sounds like a problematic joke, to be honest. <laughs> It, it, well, it's all right. Okay. Eddie Murphy is not problematic. I think he's fairly problematic. Oh, if you watch Raw again, you'll shit. find that out. Yes, it is. That's awful, isn't it? Oh, gosh.
Still, he's doing Coming to America too now. Is he? Yeah. Coming back to America. I don't know how it's going to work because he is the walking corpse of comedy. <laughs> it's awful when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. But then at the same time, it's still the funny stuff to remember. Oh, yeah. But then you watch it and it's deeply homophobic and go, well, this is horrible. Yeah. Mm. You remember they did the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary and they were like, ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Murphy. And he came out and was like, all right, see you later. Yeah. You're not going to do anything funny, Eddie? No. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) See you in 40 years. Bye. (laughs) It was like he'd got on some sort of spacecraft Mm. and was like anally probed. Right. And then came back and was just like never the same. Or maybe, uh, maybe, you know, eyes open. It doesn't always, you know, I think people can just not maybe fall out of rhythm with society or just not lose their general drive to be funny or not be that funny without it necessarily involving aliens anal probing them. Could happen. I mean, I think it would, if anything, you've got to have a sense of humour after that. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, It's true. I mean, you would say that, though, because you're, as we established, not awake. Yeah, I'm slope. You're slope. Mm. Um, but anyway, so w- what they need to do is they need to blow up the um, what what it, what is happening, folks, is that the TV station Cable Fifty Four has got a trans. I don't know why I'm doing this with my hands. Sorry, well, no, it's very. Well, I feel I can, like I, can, um, I shouldn't wait. You, no, he, he's waving his hands around in a very expressive way, like Magnus Pike. I don't know. Who that <laughs> there is. we go again. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the, the, the there's a transmitter. Uh-huh. At the top of the TV station tower, one transmitter, one transmitter, Which and it's is, not even that big. No, they've really not thought it, it through. Looks, oh, and if, did you notice all the guards, all their um, communication devices were PKE meters from Ghostbusters? Oh, so every time they go and talk to him, it's got that thing Egon's using to measure ghosts. Oh, they're just really, really cheap. Yeah, really shit. Um, but yeah, the, 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 at the top of the tower, the transmitter looks like a tube of Toblerone, mm-hmm. and they go up there. Keith David gets shot in the head by Meg Foster. That's when you find out, wait. Yes. She was a betrayer. And then she, uh, Roddy Piper shoots her in by way of retribution mm. and then shoots the transmitter and is then gunned down by a helicopter. And the transmitter is broken. The spell is broken. Suddenly everybody in the real world can see these frog people. <laughs> it's also the choice of last shot of the film is sort of so 80s and extraordinary. I can't quite believe they did it. I mean, it's literally the kind of you got you've waited this long. Yeah. Hey guys, we got boobs for you. Lovely boobies. But no, she's just realised she's riding an alien. Yeah. And credits. <laughs> it's funny. I think he says something like. What's the matter, baby? Yeah, 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 little skeleton head. What's the matter, baby? And it finishes, and then you go, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I waited a long time for that, and um, I'm not, I'm not sure I enjoyed that. No, well, maybe it's, maybe we learn a lesson about, maybe, oh, maybe it's teaching us a cheap, uh, an important lesson uh-huh. about uh, desiring lustful scenes in movies. Hmm. No, no, I think no. he just thought it'd be funny to stick some boobs in at the end. Yeah, because it's 1988, was it 88, wasn't it? I like that. So, yeah, so you need tits in there. It's part yeah. of the, um, t- you know, the studio checklist. Yeah. A lot of man tits. Yeah, well, Roddy looks all right, doesn't he? Well, he's in very good shape, yes. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And um, Keith. The only problem with Roddy, I found, was his hair. 
funny, isn't it? Yeah. I know mullets were a thing back then. You have to make exceptions for it. But here's one that looks particularly egregious, I find. It'll happen again. Do you think? They'll come back. They must. Do you think so? Yeah. Because, you know, what? Because time is a wheel. Yeah. Trends are a wheel. Because Trends are just time, spokes. People must have thought, oh, these look really good. Mm. Didn't they? I had one. Did, did you? Yeah. Well, I remember I, I remembered this talking to a friend the other week uh, when I was in about the fourth year at school. We used to have mullets that we'd put into like a rat tail and use elastic bands right. from school to tie them up. Yeah. And I can't imagine how bad that would have looked. But I had it. Do you know? I mean, have you got photos? No. Well, thank that's lucky. God, because we didn't have mobile phones in those days. Otherwise, there probably would be documents. Well, you can take it on your landline, can't you? No. What? I, no. Sorry, I don't understand. You'd have to get someone to draw it. Right. Wow. No. I mean, the only, the only proof I would have of that are the school pictures, but I used to always bunk off on school picture days. I didn't like being in them. Mm. You, you, well, you could have done that thing where you, you're at one end and then you run around the back so you get on the other oh. as they put it over there. Yes. That's fun. That is fun. I saw some puffins being counted in the Hebrides. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's just, uh, it is related. Because mm-hmm. I thought, well, how hard is it for them to do this count of the puffins? They all look the same, but they seem to be counting them. And I just thought of one little puffin kept running around the back. So he got counted at the end of a nut and then running around to get counted again and then run. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That's good. That'd be a sitcom, isn't that? Yeah. Puffin away. Puffin away. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. He could also have a smoking problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dies at the end of the first <laughs> series. They think, well, they can't do a second. They do. Yeah. He's a ghost puffin and oh. he's haunting the family that's just moved into the puffin's house. I have got nothing. No. So haunt me with a puffin. So haunt and me. That, actually, me. that's what you'd rename it. So haunt me with a puffin. I really, I'd love them to bring back So Haunt Me. And I'll even take it with a puffin. <laughs> what do you mean you'd even take it? would be better with a puffin. Would it? I don't know. I can't remember. Would a puffin it. be better than a dead Jewish lady who was very overtly Jewish? You know what? They can both be in it. Yeah. Little double act. They she don't could, get on. She could be riding him. Well, <laughs> not like that. I mean, in terms of like a, like a horse. Like he's a huge puffin. Yeah. Or she's come back as a tiny ghost. Oh. We don't know how big ghosts are. No. And if you could go, wait, I'll be small, and then I get to use a puffin as a steed. Probably would. I don't know how the writer of So Haunt Me would react to this, though, because I think he was quite happy with that as it was so. Well, but then it got cancelled, didn't it? So Maybe they could have saved it. Mm-hmm. With a tiny ghost puffin. But we've reached the point of the podcast. Oh, right, yes. I'm going to ask you some exciting questions, which you probably won't understand. Okay. So here we go. Yes. So in your opinion, uh, who was the best, Arnie or Sly? Arnie. Oi. Good. Okay. What's the best action movie of all time? Doesn't have to be 80s. Your, your favourite action movie ever. The one I would watch the most, yeah, would be I suppose Aliens. Probably mm, good choice. A lot of people get angry about it. Why? Because it's not Alien. But I think isn't it great? It's not Alien. They That's didn't the whole point alien. of yeah, it. Lovely, yeah. lovely. Imagine if Alien Two would have been Alien again, but in a different planet or something. You'd end up with like Alien Three or something, wouldn't you? Yeah, which I quite like. Oh, I know. I'm no time for it. I'd make a bed for that. <laughs> I mean, I'd die on that hill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I won't. I won't argue it then. No, I, I do like it. I think it's refreshing. I think the setup of the fourth one is actually quite good. It's just unfortunate the fourth one is awful. It's so bad. Yeah. I mean, even the director's cut they brought out is worse. Yeah. Which usually isn't the case. Oh, no, actually, it's often the case. 
but it's easy. It's hard now. It's very easy to look back fondly on them, thanks to Prometheus and um, Covenant. Covenant. I mean, I can again. I can make a tiny case for Prometheus, but Covenant, I can't. I'd make a tiny coffin for it if I could. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's called my DVD shelf. I was so excited about it. Yeah. So Especially excited. when they used the uh, trailer music from Alien for yeah, it. And all yeah. the trailing stuff they did was so good and so exciting. And so sort of, and then they come out with this. Oh philosophically sort of incompetent, boring film full of people who don't make any sense and do stupid things all the time. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. It doesn't make sense and they do stupid things. But I do like the idea of, you know, the big squiddy thing at the end getting together with the engineer. And that would have been a more interesting film if that had happened at the beginning. Sure. But no. But then the other, actually the very fact of... um, like ruining the space jockey by saying, ah, no, it's a, it's a big man in a yeah, suit. No. No! Mm. You had this beautiful creation and now you've just, oh, it's just big and a bit like glossy. That's the thing, is like every time you watch Alien, then, before that came out, your mind boggled about what that, end, what that yeah. space jockey was and how it got there and all that. And now you're just like, oh, it's just a stupid bloke. <sighs> anyway, terrorists are taking over a skyscraper. What? Yeah. Don't break it on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I reading hear the, this for weeks. I'm reading the Sky News app. Oh no. You can take three celebrities with you to stop them. Who are you taking up the shard and why? Right. Uh, I've got a bit of a wild approach to this one. Okay. I'm going to take Jacob Rees Mogg, Piers Morgan, mm-hmm. and Kate Hoey. Right. On the basis that it's very unlikely we're all going to get out alive. Yeah. May as well, you know, <laughs> rather risk them than. Yeah. Oh, I think it's sound. Yeah. Yeah. You're not suggesting they die or anything. I'm suggesting that they might turn out to be the heroes we needed, and wouldn't that be wonderful and a great retribution arc? It'll be a good. No, no. The arc will be that they'll try and betray you, and then the audience will be on your side when you uh, escape the building and it, it explodes. That's also. A, I'm happy with that arc as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, if you can go back in time and stop someone being born, who is it? Much like Desert Island Discs, I'm giving you Hitler. Okay, yeah. So I think it's I've been I think it's Rupert Murdoch. I think it's like clearly Rupert. I mean, there's that wonderful Fry and Laurie sketch about it. Yes. Um, but actually, everything leads back to Murdoch. Mm. A hypothetical fist fight takes place between Rocky Balboa and John Matrix, who's Arnie in Commando. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have got I'm, confused here. Right. I assumed it was like the person who invented the dot matrix printer. He <coughs> used his surname. Well, I'll call it. Dot Matrix, after my dear departed wife, Dorothy, <laughs> Dorothy. Matrix. <laughs> yeah. Um, so wait. Um, so it's Rocky Balboa and Arnold Schwarzenegger, basically. It's a fist fight. Yes. Which one's Arnold Schwarzenegger in? He's Commando. Is he? Yeah. But what film was he in? <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, right, so he's distracted by his uh, his gentles flapping around a bit much in his He probably quite trousers. like that, though. I've seen in Red Heat, he's fights someone in just a tiny towel. Right. Are they in a towel or him? Both are in these little tiny towels. Oh, so they're, they're not both in one towel? No, that would be really awkward. Well, I, um, I think, well, my assumption is it would be Rocky Balboa, but um, I don't know why. Mm. Good. Okay, I'll go with that. And finally, if you had to make your own 80s action movie, what would it be about and who would be the lead? It would be about kindness mm. and the lead would be Jesus Christ. Oh, that's lovely. Yes. Really? Um, I like it. What are you going to call it? Uh, 
he's back. <laughs> he's back, colon, the kindness story. Yeah. Oh, uh, don't make me cross. Oh. Stop or my grandmother will shoot. No, wait, they did that. Um, I don't, I, I, actually, I've, I've gone off the Jesus idea. Oh. It wouldn't be about kindness and it wouldn't be about Jesus. It would be about, um, well, I like talking animals in films. Yeah. So it would be a, it would be lots of them, yeah. but they'd fight a lot. My favourite animal is probably dogs, mm-hmm. but little silly dogs. Mm-hmm. So I'd like uh, it to be led by a little silly dog, and he's fighting injustice. Ian Justice. Ian Justice. Who everyone a- thinks, oh, he's a, yeah, first third of the movie, you think, that's a great man. Look at this great man, Mr. Justice. Yeah. And then you find out his first name's Ian, and yeah. it's all comes together, and actually, no. Yeah. And what is, what's the dog called? Uh, Brian. And who's he voiced by? Um, oh, uh, he's voiced by Sandy Toxfig. Sandy Toxfig. Yeah. That's a beautiful film. And what's it called again? Uh, it's called um, Dog Day Morning. I love that. Mm. Dog Day Morning. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, there's so no... So sorry that we've ended it on that note. No, it's a brilliant note to end on. Thank you. It, there's never, it's never bad finishing on Sandy Toxfig. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Sorry. Um, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I've cheapened this now. I'm just staring you down. I know, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, but thank you, John Luke Roberts, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been it's wonderful. Been, uh, a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.